0: Welcome, everyone. I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be presenting notes from the Depaganization of the Testimony of John, chapters 8 through 11. The first note for chapter 8 is about verse 1, which says, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. This is the location in the text where the Transfiguration event would have been included if it had been in the text of John's original testimony. The details of the event provided by John's testimony would have been regarded as the truth because he was one of the actual eyewitnesses to the event. It has been the effort of the Antichrist to conceal the truth from all of humanity about the event. The Transfiguration does not appear anywhere in this testimony, and that event was the most important event in the life of Christ. Pagans have omitted the truthful details of the event in order to curse the text with fraud. Pagans denied the Holy Spirit as being an extraterrestrial entity and have created the false teachings that God is a magical power by fraudulently telling that Jesus had the abilities of sorcery and magic. The ancient Roman heretics who created this text were intentionally blaspheming God by adding to the denial of the Holy Spirit in the creation of a text that has the purpose to trick people into thinking that Jesus was God. Jesus was not God. He was only a man who delivered the message of God as a prophet and the Messiah. The testimony of John is a complete heresy, created by the Antichrist during the 4th century AD, and later edited by pagan heretics in England during the late Middle Ages to Renaissance time periods in Europe. The next note is about verse 11, which says, No one, sir, she said, then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. The passage is only one of a few in the entire text that may have been an original component of the Apostle John's testimony. This event does not appear in any other testimony. A true testimony about the life of Jesus Christ is within all of the plagiarized and fraudulent text, and the revealing of truth is the purpose for de the Gospels. Passages like this one are not omitted because there is a true teaching that may be attributed to Jesus in this passage. There are no indications or insinuations in this passage where Jesus is exalting himself or teaching a pagan ideology. The point made clear in this event is that repentance is a matter of leaving the sinfulness behind. Repentance is a commitment to living without the sin so that the Holy Spirit may thrive within the person who receives the blessings of God's Holy Spirit and forgiveness for the faithful repentance of sin. The next note is about verse 12. Which says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I bring the light of God's eternal truth to the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of everlasting life in the Holy Spirit. The passage has been corrected. The original passage contained fraudulent statements of self-exaltation. Christ would not have exalted himself by making statements that implied he was God, which was a blasphemy. Instead, he would proclaim that his message is the truth and the light to the world the Pharisees would have still argued about his saying this. It has been the effort of the heretical editor to portray Jesus as self-conceited and self-exalting because that was Antichrist. The next note explains the omission of verses 23-59. through The Above and Below passage is an example of self-exaltation and an outright lie. Jesus was a human being, and this passage has enabled many false ideologies that claim Jesus was an angel born into the body of a man. None of that ideology is truth, and it clearly contradicts with all of what the Christ represents. Jesus was not an angel born into the flesh, because that was the crime committed by the angels of heaven, whom God punished for having offspring of their own. Pagan Romans did not know the book of Enoch, so their fraudulent creation of a false testimony becomes easily identified. Modern heretics will claim that the book of Enoch is a fraud because they do not want to admit they have been teaching a lie. The book of Enoch exists among the Dead Sea scrolls and has been translated to contain information and content similar to those recovered from Assyria in 7073 by James Bruce and later translated by Sir Richard Lawrence in 1824. Still, heretical theologians will refuse to accept correction because they have too much pride in the works of their hands. They are the same people who believe the testimony of John is the true testimony about the life and character of Jesus Christ, who is portrayed as a crazy-talking, self-absorbed psychotic. The next note is about an omission in chapter 9, verse 4. The statement, Night is coming when no one can work, has been omitted because it was a satanic curse that proposes the result of the fraudulence in this text is the night or darkness that will come. Removing this curse will enable the light to return and many will come to know the truth of Christ and God's eternal truth. The next note explains the omission of verse 5. The statement, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world was a fraudulent editorialization insinuating that Jesus exalted himself. It is one of many examples of curses added to the text by falsely attributing statements of self-exaltation to Jesus Christ in an effort to discredit Jesus to have contradicted himself. These passages are antichrist, and removing them depaganizes the text. The next note is about the revision of the passage beginning from verse 6, which now says, Having said this, Jesus laid his hands on the man and said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. This passage is has been corrected to remove fraudulent editorialization that portrayed Jesus as using sorcery to heal. Healing by the Holy Spirit does not involve spitting, making mud, and putting it on the eyes of a blind man. This description had the intent to suggest that Jesus used sorcery or magic, but the gift of healing by the power of God's Holy Spirit is not magic or sorcery. It was acceptable to pagans in Europe to believe in these abilities, so the fraud appearing in all of these testimonies has been added into them by Europeans who cursed the text. The curse of pagan fraud has been removed. The next note is about verse 17, which says, Finally they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. The real truth about Jesus is being stated by the young man who was healed by his faith in God. The passage is the real truth surviving from the original testimony of the Apostle John. Those whom Jesus healed knew the truth of who he was. He was the Christ, not Son of God. He was a man and a prophet. Jesus was a true prophet of Almighty God, whose message has been the deliverance of mankind from sin into the glory of God's Holy Spirit and eternal life. The term Christ did not mean Son of God. The word has always meant anointed one, but it has never meant Son of God or born of a virgin impregnated by God, which is pagan mythology. The next note is about the omission of verses 35-41. through The statement, do you believe in the Son of Man, was heretical fraud. The use of Son of Man in this passage had the purpose to fraudulently equate the phrase to be the same as Son of God. The heretical editor saw the truth of how the phrase Son of Man was something Jesus said to refer to himself. So the purpose of quoting Jesus as saying Son of Man was a deception, intended to validate the proposed theology of Catholicism and the fraudulent claim that Jesus was the Son of God or the equivalent to God. Jesus healed people because of being anointed with the Holy Spirit to perform these miracles as evidence of faith in God. The man was being tricked into thinking that Jesus was God and immediately began worshipping him. Jesus was not God. But the heretic who created this false testimony had the purpose to trick people into thinking that Jesus was God so that they would worship him, which is a blasphemy of God, because it is idolatry. The Antichrist is revealed in this text because the worship of any man as a God is a blasphemy of the one true God who is the Holy Spirit. The testimony of John has been editorialized by the Antichrist whose purpose has been to trick people into worshiping Satan, who was the Son of God. Verse 39 is a contradiction of truth. God did not choose Jesus to be the Christ so that those who see will become blind. The truth is that the curse of the Antichrist has been to ensure those who knew about the message of Jesus Christ will be blinded by the lies and curses within this testimony. The next note is about the admission of verses 1 through 26 in chapter 10. The entire text known as the shepherd's porch speech is a fraud. Not only does the entire passage portray Jesus as being a crazy person who tells nonsensical parables, but this passage portrays him as being more than human. The true message of Jesus Christ and God's eternal truth only appear in the one small passage beginning with verse 27. The small portion of truth appearing in this chapter is another example of text that may have originated in the writings of the apostle John. Heretics and pagans have embellished it to the point that not much of it can be considered to be truthful. While it might seem to have merit, there are false ideologies and even denominations based upon the fraud that surrounded that one small bit of verse. The next note is about the omission of verses 28 through 52. The remainder of this chapter is completely fraudulent after verse 27. The character of Jesus is being portrayed as not having humility and lacking the ability to understand why the people would want to stone him for saying the blasphemies he was saying. A man who exalts himself will be abased, and that was the true teaching of Jesus Christ. However, the character of Jesus being falsely portrayed in this heretical passage is anything but humble, and he lacks any understanding. There is a real message in this passage, but it has been perverted to be a heretical telling about a man who did not exist. The character portrayed in this passage is more like the character of Richard III in A Shakespearean Tragedy. A comparison of translations of the Aramaic text by George Lamza will reveal that many of the words appearing in the New International Version and the King James Version have been altered to create an entirely different meaning. However, the 5th century manuscript translations are not so greatly different in content. Jesus is still shown as exalting himself, which indicates that the heretical alterations of John's testimony truly go back to the time of the early church. Alterations made in the King James Version and modern New International Version only made the fraud more obvious. The only remaining verse from chapter 10 is verse 27, which said, My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. This is true. It is the only relevantly truthful statement that could have been credited to Jesus Christ in that entire passage. All the pagan alterations to chapter 10 make it impossible to recreate it as a depaganized text. It is truly unfortunate to have lost this teaching about the good shepherd with the pagan editors destroyed one of the most inspirational teachings of Jesus Christ with fraud and deception. The final note for this episode is the explanation for the omission of chapter 11. The entire chapter has been omitted for being completely fraudulent and having the purpose of discrediting all the testimonies about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is a reason that Christ's resurrection occurred after only three days. Rigor mortis only lasts for about 36 hours, and putrefaction begins on the fourth day, which is the beginning of the irreversible decay of human flesh. The event of resurrection is not the revivification of the deceased body after more than three days or after decapitation. In both previously known cases of a human being returned to life on earth, God created new flesh for the souls of Enoch and Elijah to inhabit. The greatest misunderstanding of mankind regarding the event of resurrection falsely portrayed in this fraudulent passage is that the deceased body of Lazarus was reanimated after four days, when putrefaction and decay had already begun. The curse of fraud becomes revealed in the knowledge of modern medical science. Transplanting organs from such as kidneys, livers, lungs, and others is possible within a limited amount of time. After four days, putrefaction begins to occur and the organs become incapable of being transferred to another person's body and resume functioning. The fraud committed in this passage might have been solved by simply altering that one detail. But there is another matter that makes this event fraudulent. The soul of Lazarus had not yet been transfigured to be eternal. Without the transfiguration of the soul to be eternal, The spirit of the man cannot be returned to the body after it had been healed. Because Jesus Christ had been transfigured to be eternal, the archangel Raphael was able to revivify his body by returning his spirit into it after healing him. God will return Jesus to the earth in a completely new human form because the spirit of Jesus was transfigured to be eternal, the same as Enoch's and Elijah's. The transfiguration of a human soul is the precursor requirement for resurrection, and only God can enable the everlasting life of a human soul. The premise of nothing is impossible for God continues to hold truthful because Jesus was not God and God did not give a man the power to resurrect the dead. The act of a man attempting to resurrect the dead was known as necromancy or sorcery and it was the heresy of pagans to imply that Jesus was capable of this ability that only God has as the creator. Jesus was not God. Nor was he capable of resurrecting the dead. This was a difficult curse to remove, but the curse has been removed. The removal of this chapter does not deny the resurrection of Christ, and it more accurately explains why it has not been possible for anyone else to be resurrected. Nobody else has received the transfiguration of the Spirit to be eternal since Jesus. Understanding this prerequisite will also reveal how the rapture will be the release of human spirits from their bodies which will be left behind. Only those who have not received the mark of the beast will be eligible for being taken in the rapture. Well, that is all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe for notifications of the next release. There will be more surprises in the deep agonization of the Gospels. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.